Hi everybody, it's Shane, your host of Chalk Talk here. We're bringing to you an abbreviated show today. I don't know if you were like me in high school, but a lot of times you were assigned books to read in your literature class that just weren't interesting at all. And so I would often go online and I would order Cliff's Notes, which was just a little paper-bound book that covered the high points of the book in a very abbreviated form. And so you could participate in class discussions, maybe even take your test. And their tagline was, they're still going to know you didn't read the book. But I was able to make it through with uh, pretty good grades using that method. And so maybe you're not interested in listening to an hour-long podcast about different position groups. And so we've gone back and we have edited down our hour-long shows to a shorter format to just give you the high points. We're calling it draft notes. And just like Cliff's notes, they're still going to know you didn't watch the film, but we think you'll be able to skate by on that. So if you don't have time for the long-form podcast, but you still want to know what's going on with the NFL draft, maybe you want to listen to these closer to the draft to refresh your memory from the long-form episodes. Well, here they are. It's a tool at your disposal to do that. Now, these are also going to be on YouTube uh, with highlight packages and graphics if you would rather watch it there, and we'll drop the link for that in the show notes. So go check it out. Don't feel obligated to listen to both. This is no new content from our long-form episodes. It's just an edited version. So without any further ado, I present the draft notes of our top five quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL class. You've got to start with Tanner McKee, number five, out of Stanford. Uh, and you also have to talk about what he had to deal with in 2022. He played behind the eighth lowest graded pass blocking offensive line in the Power Five last year. Uh, Tanner McKee was often seen in survival mode. Uh, I think McKee is a polished passer. He's got some really good footwork, uh, really good timing, really good accuracy in the pocket. Uh, his 2.51 second average time to throw uh, was the second quickest of anyone that we're going to be talking about here in this QB class. So that's going to definitely attract a lot of teams in the NFL. And when you combine that with his plus size, plus NFL caliber arm, you can see why he's a very strong prospect. I think he's a day two guy. Uh, negative wise, he's going to be a 23-year-old rookie. And most importantly, he's got limited upside outside of the pocket. My number five guy is Hendon Hooker, um, who... By the way, not a guy I love. Like, not, <laughs> I'm going to sit here and tell you, oh, Hendon Hooker's so much better because of X, Y, Z. But it really comes down to the fact that, you know, Hendon Hooker got the opportunity to show us what he could do as a thrower a little bit more than McKee did. And obviously, he had a better offensive line. He's got a tackle that's going probably in the top 50 in this draft. And he's got other, you know, NFL, other NFL players on his offense like Jalen Hyatt, like Cedric Tillman, like other players that he's played with. So I understand where his opportunity has just been so much greater than what Tanner McKee and what other quarterbacks that you could talk about in this draft has been but he's shown it a little bit more than these other quarterbacks have. So it gives you a little bit of a leg up when I'm talking about a guy who I'm drafting probably as a backup. Mm -hmm. At least you're talking about a guy who went out and when he was given the opportunity in a great system with good weapons, with a good offensive line, he showed he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So at least you know that that's in the back pocket. Um, at number four, he is not a guy who I have graded as a first-round prospect. Um, and I think that... You know, if you were to just make your draft evaluation based on tape and you were just able to make your draft evaluation based on 
what you see on the football field, Will Levis would not go on day two, let alone go in the first round. That, that, that's my opinion of him as an on-field product. Having said that, he has everything you would possibly want in a quarterback prospect on paper. You know, the size, the frame, the the footwork, the ability to get outside of the pocket and run if he has to, while not necessarily needing to be a mobile running quarterback. It's just, I was so excited about Will Levis as a prospect going into this season. And I was making fun of Penn State fans and making fun of uh, all the Penn State people I know for basically choosing uh, to to go with 100 years of Sean Clifford over getting Will Levis in there and seeing what he could do at Penn State before he transferred to Kentucky. I thought he was going to be the guy where I, you know, stuck my chest out and went, oh, all season, Will Levis is the guy who's actually impressing me more than Young and Stroud. But then you watch the games. Uh, I'll lead us off on Richardson. He's a four-star recruit. He was the number nine ranked dual threat QB in his high school class. Uh, he redshirted and then he appeared in eight games. One, He only started one of those in 2021 before he took over as a full-time starter in 2022. So uh, he's 6'4", 232 pounds. He's going to be just under 22 years old on draft night. He completed 53.8% of his passes this season for 2,549 yards at 7.8 yards per attempt. He had 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He also rushed for 654 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, I think Anthony Richardson is the highest ceiling quarterback in this class. I also think he is the lowest floor of the big, of the top four quarterbacks in this class. Like, ultimate bet on traits he's gonna make or break your career if you're the gm and you take this guy so let's talk about the positives first he can throw from multiple arm angles and he can zip the ball all over the field so you you talk about that you know with like the patrick mahomes how he can drop the arm slots throw around guys anthony richardson can do that and he is big and powerful like he reminds me a little bit of cam newton in the pocket and out on the run he can he can shrug off pass rushers uh, he, he extends plays well. He's very dangerous out of structure, and he's hard to bring down. He broke 39 tackles this season, so he, he's a stout guy. Uh, he, I think he throws really well on the move. In fact, I, I kind of think he throws better on the move than he does from a clean pocket. But on, on the flip side, he only threw 393 passes at the collegiate level, and I, I think you see that in his game. He's very inconsistent game to game. QB two on the board for all of us is CJ Stroud from Ohio State. Ooh. Dives, why don't you lead us off on Stroud? Ah, uh, just loads of arm talent and strength and uh, accuracy, man. Uh, his accuracy and processing are elite. Uh, this is a guy who made me look silly with some of my takes during the college football playoff uh, because he was outstanding. Uh, you look at this guy, 33.6% of his attempts past the line of scrimmage redeemed perfectly placed per PFF. That's the highest rate in the entire draft class. Uh, his, In fact, his 26.7% rate of perfectly placed balls uh, since 2021 uh, leads all FBS, FBS quarterbacks, man. So inside the pocket is where C.J. Stroud wins. That is what this guy is all about. His accuracy on every level of the football field, his feathery touch incredible touch uh is just incredible he does a great job just layering balls over the middle area of the field uh when it comes to concerns uh is the fact that he really struggles 
outside of the pocket. Uh, this guy had a 36.8 passing grade under pressure uh, and making accurate throws on the run was really hard for this dude. Um, so that's definitely an area that uh, I'll be looking at at the upcoming combine. All right, well, let's move on to number one. Uh, it is unanimous. Our QB one in this draft is Bryce Young out of Alabama. Mark, why don't you lead us off and talk about Young? Yeah, Bryce Young is my number one overall player in the class. Uh, a lot due to positional value, which is maybe something we can have a conversation about. But um, the footwork of Bryce Young is what sets him apart. Um, the reason that I fell so in love with Tua as a prospect uh, a couple years ago was because of the footwork. And I don't know if that's something that they just, that's in the water in Tuscaloosa, uh, where they just get those Alabama quarterbacks to have fantastic footwork. But I'd argue that Bryce Young, we were we were having a conversation in our, in our group chat about kind of comparing the last couple years of prospects. And I, I was comparing Bryce Young, who I have as the number one prospect in this class, to some of the prospects of the last couple of years, and he wasn't, you know, one of my five best quarterbacks of the last five or so years. But if I was to say what is his skill that is on par or above the Trevor Lawrence's, the Tua's, the Justin Herbert's, the even for me, you can throw Lamar in because I was very high on him and some other of names that have went in the top five or that I have had a really high grade on as a quarterback is his poise and his footwork in the pocket. There was a play, um, I think it was against LSU this year, where he was just making guys like Perkins, guys like BJ Ojolari run around in circles. And these are guys who are going to be really good players at the next level. It's not like he was doing it against, you know, uh, an, an FCS opponent or Vanderbilt. He, he was doing it against one of the better defenses he'll see. And you'll see a lot of that. And obviously a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the highlights you'll see from Bryce Young's season this year are against Tennessee, which almost you have to take with a little bit of a grain of salt because that Tennessee defense was so porous. But you look at on the whole, anytime Alabama got in a hole, anytime Alabama got in some trouble, which they did this year, because this year's Alabama team was not as necessarily talented around the Bryce Youngs and the Will Andersons as we've seen in years past. And I think it forced Bryce Young to show us a little bit more of what he could do on his own. It forced him to sort of create for himself and create for others in the passing game. And down the stretch in that Tennessee loss, down the stretch in that LSU loss, and down the stretch in some of the wins that he had that were closer than they should have been, Arkansas comes to mind. Texas A&M comes to – I don't know if it was Texas A&M, but some of these other games come to mind where Alabama got in a hole and he immediately brought them back and did exactly what they needed to do, got out of the pocket, made the big throw down the field check down to the open guy i just think this is a guy who's a big time player and i think he's you know he's a unicorn 